0: You're listening to the 5-Minute Friday podcast episode of The Aligned Self. This is your host, Daniel Danovi. Okay, 5-Minute Friday, a short and concise podcast episode of The Aligned Self, designed to leave you with a question, an idea, a strategy, a tip, a hack in order to give you greater access to your conscious awareness, evolving your conscious awareness, or give you greater mastery over your mind. Well, hello, friend. Welcome into this 5-Minute Friday. In this episode, I'm going to rat out motivation. I'm going to give you the dirt, the lowdown, not only about motivation, but discipline and procrastination. They're all kind of variations of a theme, Now, a lot of people create a goal, create an intention, and then they make themselves feel guilty because they don't have the motivation to follow through on it. So as a consequence, they tend to procrastinate or put it off, put off getting started, put off following through. They just don't feel like they're connecting to it and they feel guilty because they're not motivated. And they may even describe themselves as having a lack of motivation. They're not a very motivated individual. Now, when I work with a client, one of the first things I look at is, "Is that true across the board? Like, if you're going to say that you're not motivated, you're not a very motivated person, does that translate into every area of your life, every situation? Do you have to motivate yourself to eat a piece of chocolate cake? Do you have to motivate yourself to go on vacation or sit down and have a glass of wine, watch TV, eat some popcorn, relax? Chances are that's a big no. Chances are that those activities have a certain pull to perform on them. They are self-motivating. Now, there are a certain number of individuals that need motivation to take a vacation because they see it as a waste of time. They see themselves like they associate pain <laughs> with going on vacation. I I don't believe that's healthy. But that's another podcast. So going back to these other things, these other activities that you have a natural pull to, to do, to eat, to, like they're just attractive. And if that's the case, then you do not lack motivation. You just have motivation in the areas that don't really matter for you, that don't really count. So motivation becomes more a matter of alignment and not so much of discipline, and when motivation occurs as discipline, it's basically getting yourself to do something you don't really want to do. And why wouldn't you want to do something that you consider to be worthwhile? Like you create this intention and for some reason, you just don't follow do. You, you can't, can't get yourself to take the right action. It's because typically we create these intentions, we create these goals, these outcomes Yet, we don't update our thinking. We don't update our belief system. And so when we try to fulfill on these new intentions, these these outcomes, without updating our thinking or bringing every, every other part of us up to speed, then we're not in alignment. There's a conflict. There's an internal conflict because otherwise, you know, if you create an intention and for some reason you haven't done it for years, but you've always thought it would be a good thing to do you've associated with a certain amount of pain, a certain amount of discomfort in fulfilling on that. And so that inner conflict will get in the way of you fulfilling on that intention. Now, one popular method of overcoming that, overcoming the inertia of old thinking, is referred to as being automaton, like a robot, automatic. It's also referred to as the three-second rule, the five-second rule, or the just-do-it attitude, like just do it. Forget the reasons why it was stopping you, forget all that, and just do it. Just show up, step forward, take the action, make the call. And many times, this is an appropriate strategy. William James, the father of American psychology, once said that the fastest way to shift your emotions is to move your body. You see, we are a psychic soma being, mind body being how you use your mind affects your body, how you use your body affects your mind. So if you act as if you get in the role and you move forward and start taking action, even if on the onset you don't feel like it, pretty soon all the systems, your body, your other than conscious mind, start getting in alignment with that action and then you're supported. Many of you have taken on a, a project, you've been putting it off, putting it off, until you get to a point where You have to take action. Otherwise, you're going to lose. You might lose your job. You might lose your your spouse. So you roll up your sleeves and you knuckle down and you knock it out. And when you look back on it, it's like it wasn't that big a deal. Like you've been putting it off for months. And then once you got into it, it was easy. And it, it almost baffles you on how easy it was once you started it. And you wonder, why did I put this off for so long? But while this process, this strategy of just doing it, you know, counting to three and taking action, counting to five, you give yourself a count of five and you must take some type of action. While that does get you moving, it's not necessarily in alignment with the law of attraction. You're not in alignment with that outcome or that intention. And on a consequence, your activity may be more of a struggle, more of an effort than is necessary. So my question is, is how can you create an intention, think about an outcome the same way you think about chocolate cake or going to Tahiti or on a vacation? What's so attractive about that? Can you create in your mind's eye the idea of going to the gym to be as attractive as, say, eating dessert? Well, let's break down the components. When you think about eating cake, you don't think about getting it out and getting the plate and finding a fork, it's that stuff is just incidental. It's like it's already done in your mind. You see yourself enjoying the cake. You wonder how it would taste. How sweet is it? Is it just right or is it too sweet? You don't know until you taste it. You know, I'm not even a cake eater. And me just talking about cake, you know, I'm kind of desiring a piece of cake. But one reason why I don't typically eat cake is is because it's not the taste, it's not the fact that it's sweet. It's how I feel afterwards. And so I see the consequence down the road. The same with donuts and a lot of other sweets. While I love the way it tastes, I don't like the way it makes me feel. And to me, in my mind's eye, I focus more on how it makes me feel, and that's enough of a deterrent not to do it. Now, there was also a time when I was not that that fond of math. I didn't do that well in high school. I mean, I did okay, but I thought the teachers were, um, for lack of a better word, boring. And frankly, I did not find math that much fun. So as an adult, I had, I guess, a hesitancy to do anything with numbers. But during my time of tenure with Federal Express, one of the assignments that I had was to be a ramp agent. And so here I am in Chicago learning how to weight and balance a 727. And of course, we are being prepared to do it, do the weight and balance without the aid of computer, even though the computer program would do it almost automatically, we needed to be able to do it by hand or just with our mind, just in case the computers broke down. They didn't want a flight delayed. And so it's important to get the weight and balance right on an aircraft, on a freight aircraft, because if the weight is too far in the back, you could sit it down where you actually drop the tail down to the tarmac or you could do a nosedive if it's too far forward, or have problems taken off. So how the weight is placed on the aircraft is a very precise activity. So here I was in the class, I was struggling, but there was this one guy, Jacob, he was eating it up. He loved it. It was easy for him. He was cruising along, and here I am struggling. And I identified him as someone that I needed to talk to. I needed to model how he was running his brain, how he thought about math. He had to have a secret. So at the end of that first night, I had a drink with Jacob. I said, tell me about math. What is it about math that you love? And he began, oh my God, I love everything about math. The world is made up of numbers. There's a relationship between numbers in everything you do. Every, like he started pointing things out in the bar, pointing things out, the proportion and, and how things work together. And he said, if you're diligent enough, there is always an answer to be found. Unlike relationships, he avoided relationships. But he had this relationship with numbers. And so I began to think, if I could fall in love with numbers, if I could fall in love with the whole process, would it make a difference? So I tried that hat on. And that's the hat I wore from then on. Because it did make a difference. It made it a lot easier. It made it fun. See, all my past associations were getting in the way of moving forward on this 727 Boeing 727 weight and balance, which again dates me because they've retired that aircraft. Well, okay, I could talk a whole lot more on motivation because there's really a lot to say about how to make a, an outcome or an intention attractive to where it pulls you forward. It's a future to live into. Now, as we talk more about NLP and neurolinguistic programming, and how that program will be available in my membership program, The Vault, very, very soon, probably already by the time you listen to this. But since we're dealing with the process of how we process a thought, NLP or neurolinguistic programming is very well suited to create an attractive future, a magnetic future. Well, until next time, this is your host and friend, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you live the epic adventure.